she who is the first person to find Jesus? It's Mary. And so she is where we read in the story is there's this voice coming from Mary who sounds like me to the whole of the Holy Spirit. Like if you read any description of the Holy Spirit, Mary is playing this figure in real life. Like mm. in and she's and they challenge her, they yell at her. The, the story is really about how Mary is, she's the mom holding the holding the boys together. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, through sunshine and rain. Stressing over everything, losing your brain. Fit back up yourself before you go insane. Levitate on the times that you got the rain. Times are tough, I'm being honest. We can see the light, just remain modest. Uh, can't forget, just a day reminder. Life's a little short, take off the blinds, be a little wiser. Build my own future, I'm the pathfinder. CMG is a team with a franchise. Uh, impacted by the worst decisions. Breaking bad habits. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the What If Project podcast. My name is Glenn. I'm your host, and this is episode number 147. And it's my conversation with the Reverend Sean Garen. And I hope you're sitting down, because this one. This one might rock your world <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, today we're going to talk about the topic of Gnosticism and the Gospel of Thomas and the Gospel of Mary. And if you've been around the church at all, you know that these are like off-limits, off-limit topics because the early church fathers all the way back to the beginning have said the Gnostics are wrong, they're evil, they're demonic. Uh, they're fake Christians. They're not real Christians. Hashtag fake news, right? We don't listen to them. We don't read them. We don't touch them. We don't learn from them. They're wrong. Uh, their documents, burn them, destroy them, get rid of them. They're wrong. And for the longest time, all we had to go off of as to what the Gnostics believed was the negative things that the early church fathers wrote about them. That's all we had. But recently... Like, I'm talking over the course of the last hundred or so years, we've found various documents that belonged to these early, early Christians. And I think it's so fascinating that although they were told to destroy these documents, they actually hid them somewhere. And all these years later, we found them. And I think what better way to honor the faith of those early Christians than to take these documents, to treat them with respect, to read them, study them, translate them, and bring them into the light of discussion. And so that's what Sean and I are going to do on the show today. He's been studying this stuff for a while. He actually just preached a sermon series on the Gospel of Thomas, another one on the Gospel of Mary. He's doing one currently on the Gospel of Truth, I believe. And he's been at this for a while. I've been studying this stuff for the last year. I had no idea any of this stuff existed. And then Libby Schrader came on the show and shared some of her doctoral work that she's doing, which ties into this subject matter heavily. And I said to her, well, where do I begin You know, in terms of like reading about this stuff? So she pointed me in, in a direction and it's a, it's a deep rabbit hole and I'm deep in the rabbit hole, <laughs> studying this stuff, reading this stuff, fascinated by this stuff. Uh, the the early Christianities, because we tend to think there's just one Christianity, that's it. But the reality is that early on in the early centuries, there were many different groups of Christians who believed many different things about Jesus, many different teachers, many different documents, many different things, very diverse. And so I hope this conversation gives you a taste of that diversity. Uh, of the early, early church. And this is the first conversation of many. Uh, we're going to be talking to Sean today. Uh, Libby will be coming back on the show probably in the fall. Uh, Matthew Cortman's been on the show before. Uh, he's like a, he's a doctoral student as well. He has a degree, a master's degree from Yale. He studied a lot of this stuff. Um, Bart Ehrman and Elaine Pagels, they're like the top scholars of this stuff, like in the universe. They're coming on the show. Uh, so we have a lot of really good discussions about this coming up. And I thought about making it a whole series. It's too much. I mean, your brain is going to explode after we talk to Sean. <laughs> and to do that, like week after week for like six weeks in a row, it'd just be way too much. So we're going to spread it out over the course of the rest of the year. And maybe do one of these discussions a month or maybe every other month, something, something like that. So 
Anyway, all of that to say, today we talked to Reverend Sean. Uh, but first, a couple things. Number one, Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash whatifproject. And uh, buymeacoffee.com slash whatifproject. Two places to go uh, to support the show financially. So if this has encouraged you, inspired you, uh, pushed you forward in your faith, just a place to go to throw a few bucks at the show. Uh, Patreon is a, what is it, a monthly subscription. And uh, Buy Me a Coffee is kind of like a one-time contribution to the show. Uh, so I'll put the links to those things in the show notes, as well as the Heretic Shop, uh, living up to its name <laughs> with today's episode. Uh, the Heretic Shop is a place to go and buy some t-shirts, hoodies, uh, their sweatpants, backpacks, hats, all different sorts of things. So I'll put the link to that uh, in the show notes as as well. And special music today is by my friend, uh, Young Citizen. He's somebody who I work with uh, at the Apple Store, and uh, he's one of the most encouraging people that I know. He's a hip-hop artist here in Charlotte, North Carolina, doing amazing things in the world. So please go to Apple Music, Spotify, download his music. It's Y-U-N-G, Young Citizen. Pass the music around. Leave him leave him a rating and a review on iTunes. Show the guy some, some love. He's working hard out there. Uh, so share his music and show him the love. Uh, all that to say... Uh, I'm going to shut up, and we're going to roll the tape on this episode uh, with the Reverend Sean Garin, episode number 147. Let's roll the tape. Enjoy. The patience paid off, now it's go time. Go time. No worries all around me, I'm going to give mine. Born in the Queen City, got the 4-9. Go to Green Trip, told me where the cosign. So people doubted me, that's close to me, that's their regret. When I make it, I'm going to take it, all I do is rest. Remain grind, self-care, that's when I'm at my best. A little crazy, that's when I'm at a test. Feeling tuned. Yeah, we riding, yeah, we rolling. All the way to the ocean, uh. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today we're sitting down with my friend Sean Garin, who is the associate pastor of Second Congregational Church in Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh, Sean and I actually went to seminary together at Alliance Theological Seminary, and here we are all these years later about to cook up a nice dish of, of heresy. So Sean, my friend, welcome to the podcast. Uh, who would have thought all those years ago we'd be here? Gosh, I, I remember you. You were my mentor for the in that first year oh, for dear. one of our classes. <laughs> and yeah, you were up there like, you know, one of the, the, the students, you know, that we all looked up to, you know, I think you were just finished or finished actually. Um, and uh, yeah, it's so bizarre that we're, we connected in this way. <laughs> yeah. I remember it was, uh, I think Jan Dale was the professor, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she called me and she said, would you come back and be one of the mentors for the class? I'm like, I don't know, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I remember that those were good times. Yeah. Yeah. So before I introduce our, our topic, I was wondering, maybe take a few moments to share with our listeners um, a little bit about your yourself because i know you but they don't know you so uh, who are you what do you do some of the kind of highs and lows of your journey um, while my daughter screams in the background because that's just the way it is you know you know what that's a good backdrop for for what my life is like too. <laughs> there you go <laughs> you know I, I heard some guy say that you, you know to be a real spiritual person you got to go out in the mountains and be an mm -hmm. ascetic and i was like try doing that with kids that's the real <laughs> the real challenge exactly and uh that is my spiritual journey you know mm. I, I think i've i've always been a seeker i've been a christian since i was 15 mm. and uh i lived in that framework but i always pushed those boundaries uh i'm a reverend and i i'm a for the um in the united church of christ which is the most like progressive denomination um which is really helpful for the topics i i am discussing mm. um but most importantly I'm a dad who wants to provide for his wife and kids. Mm. I have twins. Um, one is neurotypical. One has severe autism. So mm. that has been, you know, you think that would be hard. That was the worst thing God yeah. ever 
had done to me. And I really had to wrestle with that. Um, but in that wrestling, th- this is one thing I've learned. If you keep wrestling, you will yeah. overcome like no, no joke. And yeah. there's a lot of beauty in that, in the wrestling with God. Mm. Um, but yeah, my wife's name is Ashley and without her, uh, I'm, I'm not just saying this without her, I would not be here. Mm. Uh, she provided all the stability for me to go to school. She keeps investing in me mm. and, um, I'm still in school. I'm a student of, I obviously I graduated from Yukon, then went to, um, NIAC at Alliance Theological Seminary. Mm-hmm. And I am now a student of psychoanalysis. I, I am a patient and I have patients and I'm doing that coursework at some people might know Norman Vincent Peale. Yeah. Um, yeah. At his church, they have a school called the Blanton Peale Institute. So oh. I go to the city. Well, back when we were going into the city. <laughs> right. Back, uh, back whenever that was. <laughs> yeah. I bought this electric scooter for it. Now I just drive around town. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that actually has really led me into into what we're going to talk about today Mm. because um, psychoanalysis, you know, as people might know, Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung, Mm. Carl Jung actually is a self, you know, described as a a modern Gnostic. Mm. And um, yeah, I, I think that was probably the, the journey, you know, even in my own research and my own stuff, I still, I keep reading out of school. I probably read more than I do did in school. And, uh, it's funny how that works, right? <laughs> yeah, all the books that I skimmed through, I now thoroughly read. And yeah, I go back to books. I'm like, oh, I should have read this back then. I might, maybe I would have answered some questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm realizing I wasn't ready for a lot of it. Yeah, you know, like yeah, uh, I was in school to you know I was learning, but you have the pressure, of, you know, grades and sure. a lot of conforming. It uh-huh. sometimes can be like a very you know, I was in the military and it can mm-hmm. feel like a, kind of like a indoctrination yeah. to kind of get you to buy all, buy into everything, which is, which is good. I mean, that's what they're designed to do. Um, but then when you start thinking for yourself, that's when sometimes people get a little nervous. <laughs> I'm starting to realize now that like I thought I was really being educated, but I'm realizing there's a very big difference between education and indoctrination. And when you're kind of in the midst yeah. of it, it doesn't, it feels like you're being educated, but when you get outside of that bubble and you see so much more that you didn't see in there, you're like, Oh, there's a whole nother world out here. Yeah. Like there were really good professors that yeah. if you backed them in the corner <laughs> <laughs> and asked them honest questions, you could tell they would answer in ways that you should not share with others. Mm. Um, but they like really appreciated, I could tell. And it kind of formed a bond between some of the professors and me there. Yeah. But they, they could tell, they could tell that you were legitimately not there just to get a degree. Yep. Like you were that you were learning something, but that's constantly push and ask questions. Yeah. 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 So for our listeners, um, you, you mentioned before that kind of psycho psycho, what do you say? Psycho analytic. analytic. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Kind of drew, drew you into the topic for today. So for our listeners, um, I brought Sean on the show because we have a mutual and um, I guess shared interest regarding the early Christianities that were deemed heretical, Gnostic Christianity. Some of these texts that have been associated with it that have also been deemed uh, heretical by the early church fathers and every orthodox generation to, to follow things like the gospel of Thomas, gospel of Mary, uh, many, many others. But uh, Sean is much further down the road than me um, in regards to this topic. And he's graciously allowed me to pick his brain <laughs> via text, but he's, uh, he's so knowledgeable and has so many good things to say that I thought I'd invite him on the show to share his insights uh, with all of us. So Sean, you kind of, you kind of mentioned it obviously a little bit, but what what really dragged you into this rabbit hole? Because before we hit record, we did talk about how it is a rabbit hole, like the texts and the books that go along with this stuff and the, the scholarship is just like immense. And if you go and you search for yeah. books, I mean, they can range anywhere from $3 a book to 
$500 a book. <laughs> it's no. just like, there's so Crazy. much information out there, but like what really dragged you into this topic? Well, my, uh, my boss, the senior pastor here gave me this book called the existential Jesus. Mm. And, uh, when I started reading it, the, the, the guy is not a Christian. He's not even like, uh, he's like agnostic, mm. but he analyzed the characters in the Bible as people as kind mm. of archetypes. And it was the first time I, you know, I ever said like, oh, you know, like Mary's a real person mm. or, or at least represents a real person. Mm. Uh, and, and so does, you know, so does John, uh, so does Judas, so does, you know, Peter and all these characters, you know, sometimes like, I don't know if you, what is it, the, the biggest catch or something, you know, that, that uh, show where they catch King Crab up in, yeah. in Alaska. Yeah. And, and like when you go to Israel, like things like that, which I got to go with Dr. Whitman, mm. you see that like the, the first disciples were fishermen. Like they were rough people. They probably weren't like super educated, um, but they were looking for more mm. uh, than, and so you, you kind of get like a, you, when you read the gospels, you start to read them as like, okay, these are people like me like me and Glenn are in the story mm -hmm. and my wife's in the story. And how would, you know, if I heard a sermon from Jesus, every, each one of us would take away something different. Mm. And so when, and then, you know, in my own studies of psychoanalysis, everybody all the time, I mean, you could have the truth on a piece of paper, mm. you know, one plus one is two, but you, Dr. Bailey actually one time in, at school asked, each one of us to describe what Jesus is for them. Hmm. And everyone had a different answer. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we have four perspectives here in the gospels perspectives from men. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not like a big, like, you know, destroy the patriarchy. Guy. Sure. Sure. Um, but I'm like, that's obvious. I mean, hmm. anybody could read the gospels. You can read the new Testament uh, and see that, can read the old testament women's voices are very much left out of the story yeah um and you got you know john who's saying jesus loved me more than anybody else i mean <laughs> that's like having three kids and one of them saying to the all the others i'm the best right like, <laughs> mom and dad like me better <laughs> right that that we take that as like the truth like, mm. okay, John must have been the, the, the one Jesus loved, but we don't take it as, oh, that's his opinion. Right, right. And so, like, I just, it re reading, like, books like this mm. and, and doing psychoanalysis myself, it kind of re reoriented my brain to say, okay, truth is a broad, broad subject. Yeah. And whatever's written down about the truth is always going to be the abstract of somebody who's trying to explain it to you. Mm. And especially, you know, you walk into those person, into that person's shoes, you know, Peter who pulls out a sword <laughs> to protect Jesus. <laughs> he's obviously waiting for Jesus to pull out his sword too, mm. but Jesus doesn't do that. Yeah. Um, Judas wants somebody to save him. They want a King. And then he mm. sees Mary washing his feet and, he says in this moment, this was that this is why Judas betrayed Jesus. He mm. said, I don't want this. I don't want a woman who's closer to Jesus than me. Mm. Like that, that's just, and so he turned away. He gave, yeah. he gave this all up. Mm. And uh, yeah, the, and, and then, you know, as students of the Bible, we know, you know, I remember asking um, one of the professors of, of New Testament, um, you know, who recorded, how, how did they know about the conversation Jesus and Pilate had when nobody else was there? Mm. Like it was just them two. And she said, oh, Professor Cox. Yeah. She said, um, she laughed at me. <laughs> she <laughs> goes, oh, how dare you ask that question? But she was very happy. <laughs> right. And she said, you know, they, they added it. They, mm. they just, they filled it in because they needed a complete story. Mm. So that made me uh, start digging, <laughs> start yeah. looking around. So at your church, you just finished a series on the gospel of Thomas and yeah. you're currently preaching through the gospel of Mary. And 
in our shared uh, educational background, <laughs> that would be <laughs> extremely frowned upon. But here you are, yeah. like I've watched the videos and you're standing in the pulpit on Sundays with the Gnostic Bible plainly in sight. <laughs> I can see it. I, I'm, yes, <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> and you're preaching from these books. And so like having been a pastor, like I need to ask, like how in the world did you go about getting permission? Like obviously your, your boss, your senior pastor gave you that other book. So he's kind of, you know, he's kind of fueled this in you, but like, what did it look like when you brought up this idea? And like, what is, what have the responses been from people? Yeah. Um, so I've learned to be politely disobedient. Like I know that power structures kind of just want you to bow and ask mm -hmm. for permission. Um, and the church is really, the church here is really cool because I, I just came here to be, you know, the associate. Um, they didn't have an evening service. And so I started something unique here. Uh, you know, we have dinner, you know, we have real fellowship. And mm. I usually would just open up the Bible and start talking. So I've created this kind of place. We call the, we have a chapel here and we call it the lab. So I'm kind of allowed to experiment. Mm. Um, and my boss and I talk about how, you know, there was just a report that Christianity is, I mean, I'm the apocalyptic preacher. The church <laughs> will fall. Right? It, it, it no doubt is coming down. Mm. I have no, I know it is like, it's mm. not like, will it? Um, we've seen uh, what happens in when Christianity comes to a culture and then post-Christian culture, the churches mm. are all empty. Um, so we, I kind of have this permission to experiment. Uh, and it, it was actually this, you know, you, talking with you <laughs> kind of put the, the pressure on me a little bit to, you know, I was reading these books, you know, like mm -hmm. Elaine Pagels and, uh, you know, taking my time through it because yeah. it's not my main, you know, I had to write sermons for, you know, for the week. So then I was like, you know what, I wonder if I could just get away mm. with instead of doing that at night, you know, when I have free time. I'm going to take the hours I put into a sermon and, and do a series on it. Yeah. And I started with the gospel of Thomas and, yeah. um, you know, when I mentioned that, you know, the Gnostic books to my church, a few women actually came up to me and said, I love this. It's so great. Mm. And so it was the women who actually, you know, I said, you know what, it lines up with Easter because Mary becomes really a prominent figure uh, yeah. towards the end. And I'm going to give the ladies in our church, the lady herself, you know, like I'm going to treat them to what they never heard before. Mm. And even my wife, she was like, wow, you're going to do that. And she's <laughs> super, she's super traditional. She like gets nervous for, for me when I'm like pushing the boundary. Yeah. But to see her go, Oh, yeah, do that. Yeah. And um, the response for the Gospel of Thomas has been, I mean, we're getting like triple, like I used to get 40 views on a sermon. You know, mm. Now I'm getting like 250 plus. There's just yeah. a huge, a huge desire to know more about these books that came out, but really maybe stay, other than Elaine Pagels stayed mm. in the academic world mm. and never reached the church. So... I'm taking the permission I have to experiment uh, as uh, my my way of just going with it. Yeah, and I think that's so important because I mean, I've, I've talked about this before in the podcast, but a lot of times it feels like churches want a pastor who is scholarly and educated, but they only want that pastor to share with them the things that they're familiar with and the things yeah, that they're yeah. comfortable with. So I think it's really cool that you have this this lab and this space where you're able to take the scholarship that you're learning even in the present moment and bring it with you into the pulpit to share with everybody else. Like, I think that's at the end of the day, I feel like that's what a pastor is supposed to do is to push people's boundaries, expand people's boxes, make people think, make people uncomfortable. Sometimes I think that's really, really important. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, there's a quote that says, you know, if, if you're comfortable, uh, if, if you're uncomfortable, the gospel is comfort. Yeah. Uh, if you're, if you're comfortable, the gospel is discomfort. Mm. You know, that it moves us. Yeah. That's so good. So I want to ask you about three things and we'll see if we have time to get to them all, but I want to talk to you about the gospel okay. of Thomas gospel of Mary and a little bit about Valentinian Christianity. Um, yeah. And obviously like we said, books and books and books have been written on this stuff. So I realize we can't drill down super deeply, which means we'll just have to do this again <laughs> sometime, yes, sometime yeah, soon. Yeah. But let's start with the Gospel of Thomas. Now, you just preached this whole series on the text. Uh, talk to us about like, about what it is, what you learned. Like, Take us to school. I have, I have no real agenda with these questions. You literally yeah. have the floor to share like whatever you want regarding these texts. So Gospel of Thomas, what, what do you got for us? So, well, first I would say the book that everybody should get mm-hmm. is the Gnostic Bible by uh, Marvin Meyer. Mm. Uh, that's, I'm actually. That's the one that you have you with said, you in the pulpit, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. this giant book and not all the books were, you know, are considered Gnostic in that term itself. Just actually like, I almost got nervous because I was like, yeah, Gnostics. And then you read all the text. You're like, oh, we shouldn't be using this term because mm. we're just kind of figuring it out yeah so even that let's just let's just say there were our four gospels and we know that two of them start with a nativity scene mm-hmm. and end with the picturesque you know jesus is uh you know raised from the dead everything's you know have they lived happily ever after and then two of them start very differently they just started the life of uh, uh, the ministry of Jesus. Mm. And so you say, oh, well, there's clearly different opinions here. Uh, and, and Elaine Pagels, who's a really, by all her books, because she's, except the academic ones, the, mm. <laughs> you get like the Gospel <laughs> of Thomas, yeah. uh, the, Gnostic, the Gnostic Gospels. But she really introduces us to the idea that, um, like say, you know, look, let's look at John, for example, the gospel of John in no other gospels is Thomas portrayed so poorly. Mm. <laughs> he's portrayed poorly on, you know, in John, he's called a doubter. Mm. When um, they receive the Holy spirit, Thomas isn't there. And yeah, he's, I mean, he might as well be, you know, next to Judas as somebody who just really barely made it into the <laughs> apostle uh, category. And then that makes you, you know, she does all this, she gives all this background and, uh, you know, long story short, just, oh, just read it, just read the Gospel of Thomas <laughs> yeah. and all that baggage that's been attached to it. Like, oh, it's heretical. You know, there's books that I'm sure you and I experienced as don't touch those, oh, like yeah. don't all go near. Yeah. Yeah. And right there you, you should go. I mean, that's like, don't, when you tell your kid, don't go, you know, don't touch <laughs> the, the fire. Yeah. And uh, whenever I preach on these, I actually preach more from the gospels than anything mm. um, because I want to show how this fits. Yeah. And uh, Libby, who you'll have on the, the show, she says, she said in one of her um, videos that um, you'll know the mass, you'll know Jesus's voice. And Jesus says that himself. He yeah. says, my sheep know my voice. So when I open up, if you were to just open up the gospel of Thomas, it starts with what I think is Jesus's greatest commandment, which is, uh, you know, in the second passage, seek, ask, knock, you know, when the disciples first came to Jesus, they said, are you, you're the lamb of God in John one. And he goes, what are you looking for? The very first words out of Jesus's mouth are, what are you looking for? And that's, that's what Thomas does for me because, and and like in my psychoanalytic training, this, I've experienced this passage. Like, it's not like something I'm just reading. Mm. This is something I know as a truth within my own spirit. So, and this is what I'm learning today. Like, yeah. This is modern science, modern psychology. Hmm. So I'm like, they knew about this. 
two thousand years ago. <laughs> right. And it's we think seek. it's so revolutionary, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's and Elaine Pagel says it's a type of psychoanalysis that yeah. they were doing. Huh. And uh, you know, I I just want to read this because it says Yeshua said well, at first it says, whoever discovers what these sayings mean will not taste death. Yeah. Yeshua said, seek and do not stop seeking until you find. And that's important. Mm-hmm. Do not stop seeking until you find. So it's, this is not like, you know, sometimes we go to church and we go, oh, I discovered tulip. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm now a reformed theologian. I found it, <laughs> but I have more questions. Mm-hmm. It, it's okay. They all just have to fit in tulip. Like that's not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. So you keep going until you find, and when you find, you'll be troubled. So as I'm reading this book, I'm troubled that I never knew about it. And I'm like, could this possibly be one of the the source documents that they use to uh, create, you know, they say it might've been part of Q or one of the, you know, it's very early writing. Yeah. Uh, And when you find, you'll be troubled, which I was. And when you're troubled, this is this is what's so interesting. When you're troubled, you will marvel and rule over all. Mm. And so, when you embrace that trouble, like that that this is, I'm now gonna go beyond what I was told to go beyond. Yeah. I'm eating from the tree that I shouldn't have eaten from, mm. and and that tees up Gnostic uh, teachings. Yeah. But, now this book is just statements, correct? Like it's not like for our There's listeners, no maybe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with this, it's not like there's a story about Jesus here and there's a parable over here. Like it's just literally statements that Jesus yeah. supposedly made, correct? And, and yeah, and a lot of them, I mean, they are directly in the gospels. Yeah. Or you'll be like, yeah, there's I mean, there's maybe like three, three or four passages that mm. will fall out of your chair. You know, like the, the very last one is like, Mary, you know, Mary will be turned into a male. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, but if you understand that world they lived in, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and more of the Gnostic teachings and, and even in psychoanalytic theory, it's this idea that male and female were always they were meant to be one like we yeah. all truly are both yeah you know you and i came out of our mother mm-hmm. we were we were women we were physically attached to the female yeah and then that got cut and mm-hmm. we got socialized and and all that so it, it does like pave the way for some of these modern issues that mm-hmm. we're dealing with um but it is it's just the sayings of jesus which i like it's mm-hmm. short uh you can like use a you know read don't read it all in one shot because mm. it's so heavy yeah um in a most in a simple way you mm. know uh here's one know what's right in front of your face and what is hidden from you will be disclosed mm. yeah. you know think of like I, I was meditating one day and i'm like show me who you are god show me i want to mm. see you god like how come they got to see you in the bible and I read this passage and says, it's right in front of your face. Mm. And I opened my eyes and my wife was there and my daughter. Mm. And I said, Oh my God. Mm. And it says, it'll, it'll say in these texts, stop looking at what you can't see and look at what's in front of you. And I saw a father and a mother and a daughter and these three people who are one family Mm. and we love each other. And we're going to make it, you know, we're going to do this life together. And that's, there, there was a, a picture of the kingdom of heaven for me. Yeah. And this gospel just makes it so real. It's not fanciful. Yeah. Practical. That's so good. So is this considered then a, a Gnostic text or no? And I guess, I guess maybe we should even backtrack and say, what exactly do we mean when we talk about like Gnostic? So what is Gnostic yeah. and is this a Gnostic text? <laughs> So this is not technically a Gnostic text. Okay. Um, so that is a that is a question, right? What is Gnosticism? Yep. And yep. I will I'll just say That's this: a big question. Gnosticism, it's <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. And it's it's still being discussed. But let's the the best thing is 
nobody that we, you and I know know what Gnosticism is. So mm. that, that's a great starting point because <laughs> whatever you've heard, it's garbage. It's fake news. It's right. not real. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, you could look it up on YouTube and you'll see like the Catholic Church says the great heresy you know, yeah. is Gnosticism. Demonic. I bet yeah. that guy... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I was called a demon in the past week, nice. which is new for me. Um, but you're my first yeah, demon on the show, then. It's yes, it's uh, welcome. welcome. <laughs> this is what demons sound like. They talk about Jesus and the truth, right? But uh, it's like Gnosticism is, you know, we gotta you gotta go back into the world that existed back then and. Mm. Jesus, uh, when Paul goes to the, to the, to the Greeks, right. He mm-hmm. says, Jews demand a sign, right? Mm-hmm. So the Jewish people wanted Jesus to do signs and wonders because that would legitimize his, his, uh, his role. Mm-hmm. And then Paul goes on to say, but the Greeks want wisdom and the wisdom they're talking about is philosophy mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, Socrates and, um, Plato and mm. and all that stuff. So they existed in this world of, you know, they're not Jewish. They don't know the Old Testament. Mm. <laughs> so for that, for Paul to go into uh, the Greek into the Greek world and say, you know, let me tell you how Jesus fulfilled all these prophecies. They're going to be like, what prophecies? Mm. Or who is that? What Paul was doing was when he got there, um, he started to incorporate you know we learned this in a missionary seminary mm-hmm. you 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 take the gospel and you contextualize it mm-hmm. for the the people group you're presenting it to mm-hmm. and this was a world of dualism of many gods uh, and they had this whole world this they they already had their whole like cosmology mm-hmm. and so gnosticism was what what we can maybe say and, and as a okay statement is Gnosticism was something that was around before Christianity and it was something that um, some of the early Christians incorporated and uh, used as a way of of explaining to Greeks what Christianity was Mm, kind of like a a Jewish religion yeah 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 so that it was it was like a vocabulary and and uh so we'll talk about Valentinus. He just he took words they know yeah. and translated them um, into kind of a Christian framework. So what about the word itself means knowing? I should say that knowing, it means okay. knowing. Got it. Gnosis I was means got versus it. like you. We believe in Jesus. Uh-huh. The Gnostic knows, and that would piss people off. Back yes, then. like that. That it still does. Word, <laughs> right. <yes. laughs> Right. It's, yeah. They're like, you got to believe in Jesus and you, yeah. you kind of giggle and go, okay, keep believing. Cause you're if cute. you believe in something, <laughs> right. You, you're like, you know, I believe the Mets will win. I don't know they're going to win, mm-hmm. but I believe it. Yeah. And when you know it, it's more intimate. It's more real. So, yeah. yeah. Cause I was always taught, I mean, the definition is like secret knowledge or secret like, yeah. knowing. Right. So it's like, that was why I was always, frowned upon at least for me when i was taught about it was because it was you know jesus plainly revealed the truth you know and the gnostics claim to have this secret knowledge that gets them you know in the inner club so to speak and you know that's a bunch of baloney that's what that's how i was always taught about gnosticism and and that's what you know the church kind of is like just believe in jesus and he'll do the rest (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah and you know that's like telling your kids, I love you and you don't have to clean your room. Mm. Uh, like that is irresponsible. Yeah. There's no growth and development. And Paul in first Corinthians two, it's a whole chapter on secret wisdom or, mm-hmm. or uh, chapter one and chapter two. And Jesus always taught in parables that, yeah. I mean, it's right there in the scriptures and he would pull people aside for secret teachings, like mm-hmm. with Nicodemus with the woman at the well, um, there was always an element. And, and you see it, the, the disciples are always like, well, what do you mean? And he would mm. pull them aside for private discourses. Mm. That the, the, the secret is, you know, it's like when you go to seminary, 
Mm. You, the secret is, uh, you know, this is an Eastern Mediterranean religion. Mm. That's the secret. So now you know more. It's not like, it's like first grade, second grade, third grade. It's not like some are going to hell yes. <laughs> because they don't, they don't believe. It's just a maturity thing. Yeah. It's like you and I went to seminary. So we received in a sense, like a secret knowledge that the people in the pews who have different kind of jobs than we do uh, didn't receive, but doesn't make them any less of a Christian. Doesn't mean they're not going to heaven and we are. It just means that it's just a different, a different level. Yeah. My plumber has a secret knowledge of, you know, plumbing. He went to school for that. Thank God he does. (laughs) Yeah. And he, he can save my, you know, save my bathroom, but it doesn't, it's like this mutual relationship that, Mm -hmm. that we have where you give me, it's just the nature of, of life. There's more mysteries, more rabbit holes that you can keep following. Mm. uh, Yeah. It has, I I, I think there is a level of maturity and growth in it, but, um, it, the way that it was portrayed to us is not the way that it, it's not correct. So like with the term Gnosticism, mm-hmm. like that you, we've all heard, throw it away. It, it's, yeah. it's garbage because yeah. it's meant to demonize re- something. Yeah. People who made it secret are the, it wasn't secret back then, you know, this, they made it secret by hiding it. Right. <laughs> like You're it right. wasn't a secret until anybody <laughs> could go to these things. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it was made up pretty much oh, yeah. is a made up scary thing not to go near. So what about then the gospel of Mary? So gospel of Thomas, like you said, is not a Gnost, not considered a Gnostic text. It's just yeah. basically the list of Jesus's sayings. Uh, Mary though is more, if I understand correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, is more of a narrative and we don't have the whole narrative. It's just pieces of the story. If I'm, is that, is that correct? Yeah. 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 It's, it kind of starts in one part, you know, where you're like, it's like watching, you know, turning on the middle of Harry Potter. He's just going to pick up and it's really weird place. (laughs) 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 So what is this book about? This is the one that you're currently preaching through. So like, what's this? Why is it important? What have you learned? All those things. Um, So when I started preaching on it, I didn't start with the first part because like mm-hmm. I said, it just kind of starts like on page, you know, 47 instead of page one. Right. Um, so I found connections with the gospel narratives where I would say, okay, you know, this story. Mm. And since we don't have the full story, I bet this passage fits into the narrative. We already know as Jesus came towards the end of his ministry everybody's leaving him. Everybody's kind of freaking out that, you know, he's not going to be what they all wanted to be. Mm. And you have, um, and so I'm like, how did these people who denied Jesus end up turning around so hard back? You know, like they went from denying Jesus to, you know, Peter publicly preaching openly, you know, the gospel. Mm. And we attribute now this is this is where I hinted at this, <laughs> and I I didn't want everybody to pick this up, but mm-hmm. this is like this is the secret, right? Spill I mean, the beans right here, right here yeah. on the show. <laughs> is and I wrote an eight page paper on this for for mm-hmm. um, class this semester, but and I'm Libby does a lot, um, who will be on the show later, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and was on the show. Yeah. But this idea that you know Jesus says that somebody's going to come let, let me let me so there's you have jesus who when the disciples say show us who the father is hmm. they say show us who god is and jesus says to to them haven't you seen me this whole time hmm. i've been here i'm right here hmm. and uh so jesus is this archetypal adam figure and in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, you can see that it says the first Adam was a living being and the last Adam was a life-giving spirit. Mm. And I'm looking in the Bible, I'm like, Adam and Eve, Abraham and Sarah, Moses and Zipporah, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, if there's an Adam, 
somebody's missing here. Mm. There's, there's a female voice missing here. Mm. And Mary in this gospel, I mean, it's, 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 this is the, the kind of heresy that we're talking about that somebody might say is she, Jesus says, when I leave, I will send a comforter. I will send an advocate. I will send somebody to remind you of all the things that you're about to deny, to deny. Mm. And Mary in this gospel, she is comforting them. She's mm. reminding them. She's advocating for Jesus mm. to them. And I'm like, oh my God, they made up a Holy ghost mm. <laughs> to replace this woman. Mm. She, who is the first person to find Jesus? It's Mary. Um, and so she is where we read in the story is there's this voice coming from Mary who sounds like me to the whole of the Holy Spirit. Like if you read any description of the Holy Spirit, Mary is playing this figure in real life. Like mm. in, and she's um, and they challenge her. They yell at her. Um, but she every time they doubt. It, in this story, it's very short. It's like four pages long. Mm. Um, and they thought it was a forgery, but they found three of them. So th oh. that's how they, they're Interesting. like, oh. Um, and it was written around the second or third century. Mm. But the, the story is really about how Mary is, she's she's the mom holding the house, holding the boys together. Mm. Like she, she keeps the movement going. Yeah. Um, they're like, if we go preach the gospel, we're going to end up like Jesus. Hmm. That sounds like something I've heard in Mark at the end of Mark. Yeah. That's how the end of Mark really ended, right? So they were all afraid and, hmm. and you know, seized by terror. And Mary is the one who uh, reminds them, you know, just as, remember what Jesus taught, that the kingdom is within you. Hmm. And, you got, and, and so this is where, it moves into the, it really fits into the Gnostic worldview of knowing, mm. you know, where Mary goes from not just believing, like all the apostles believed in Jesus, but mm. she knows him. And mm. since she knows him, she's become one with him. And Jesus says, I'm in the father and the father's in me. And if you believe in me, you too are also in the father. So it's kind of like this, uh, if you accept, if you really know Jesus, if you know him well, you the words will actually his words will start coming out of your mouth, and so that's what happens in the in the Gospel of Mary because they're saying, "Teach us, teach us about the Savior. Tell us what we forgot." Mm. She always points them in the right direction, and then they yell at her. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there's you said that this there was thought that this was a forgery, but they found you said three others. Is that correct? Yeah, they found one in the fifth century. Got it. So that means that this is a this is a tradition then that would have date, dated very early in the early yes. earliest centuries of Christianity. So it's like we often, cause again, like this is one of those books where I've, I've heard about it. And like you said, we, everything we've heard, we can have to throw away. But what I've heard about it is that it was this made up document that was just people who basically wanted to uh, create some kind of justification for their own like wackadoo beliefs and so they created this crazy story about mary but if there's if there's other if if it's there's other like piece of this that have been found that date later earlier than this particular one whatever then this is a tradition that was close to the hearts of people early in christianity yeah the yeah. the word heresy means school of thought mm. Right. So like the Pharisees, I, I think I told you this as a joke, but like the, the heresies <laughs> of the Pharisees. Right. You know, yeah. Um, the heresies of the Gnostics. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, the heresies of the Plato the, the Platonists. Mm. So but it was just it it wasn't a bad term back then. There were different schools, like different mm. schools of thought. And so Mark is a school of thought, John is a school of thought, uh, Thomas is a school of thought, mm. and Mary is a school of thought. And before orthodoxy, before the fourth century, before you know this kind of became a, a state religion, nobody really cared what you believed. It mm -hmm. was just very loose and and 
yeah, a lot of it was oral tradition, uh, stories, and, and it wasn't a big deal. It became a big deal to what you actually believed in the, when, when Christianity started to become more, uh, can you know, more organized and, yeah. and got some authority to enforce their, their mm. rules. So then this early, this early thinking that was outcast as a heresy in terms of the, the gospel of Mary, then there was a stream of thought then that, like you said, the Holy spirit was essentially like kind of the idea that we have today perhaps was in a sense made up to replace this other idea that was prevalent. Would that be correct? And I'm probing, I'm asking questions because I'm, I don't know yeah. as much as you. So I'm just trying to go off of what you're saying and trying to see like, is there, is there a branch of early Christianity that saw Mary as the advocate that Jesus spoke about? I guess that's the question. This, so probably not. I, I, I don't know. I don't know Got the it. answer to that. Okay, good. So I'm, then I I'm don't a, feel alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm a, pa- I'm a pastor. So yeah. I'm, I'll just tell you, I'm reading this mm-hmm. as a Christian mm. and the words comforter advocate yeah. a reminder are popping up in my head, like on the paper. And I'm like, I know these words mm. and Jesus is gone here yeah. and somebody's playing this role and it's you know it's just like today we say god is still in the world but how is in the world through us mm. you know that that's how god's working so i'm like how was the holy spirit actually working mm. through mary yeah and and that's how i i see her as this archetypal eve character that yeah. is alongside jesus and there are that that is like a type of a belief system that i know is happening today yeah it's a little crazy in my opinion <laughs> like like they're a little uh they're not it i like to be founded in scholarship and mm. just to you know just so we know that what we're reading is you know reliable mm. um but in my personal opinion when i read this gospel it's describing a holy mother it's almost like the the same holy spirit that infused mary for her to be an advocate is the same holy spirit that infuses people today right yeah 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 and and huh. like that's not that it might sound like a jump but this is the, like the first person i see it in yeah yeah um, we go to acts and you know they describe it as tongues of fire right but i when i read mary i'm you know the kids call, say the word sus there's some susness going on suspect right. um, that Mary is, you know, they replace an apostle mm. with somebody other than Mary. She was always there. She's mm. like, she was, there's a place for her. So there's this sense that they're intentionally leaving somebody out. And it's obvious. It's like, she's mm. right there. She's standing right there the whole time. <laughs> right. And why, why? Mm. Because they don't want to they, the truth is they don't want to pave a way for female leaders that, mm-hmm. that's that's the that is why she's left out of the story so i wanted to ask you about um Val- valentinian am i saying that right valentinian christianity yeah valentinian yeah um, but we are nearing the end of our time so i can't yeah. i don't want to go too far into that because i feel like that's another hole for us to travel down so that means that we're gonna to have to have a part two of the conversation <laughs> that, we'll just make great, the huh? whole conversation be about about that but before i let you go i wanted to ask you um talk to the person for a moment who's really interested in all of this stuff but they're very hesitant to dive in because of what they've heard because of what other people are going to think of them because they have no idea where to start like speak to that person like what, what can they do to kind of get over that hump of fear a little bit and once they do like what's the first book they should grab to just do a little bit of reading on this if they want to. Yes. Stay away from Valentinus for a bit. (laughs) Don't don't read that. Don't go there. (laughs) Just, yeah. I would say get Elaine Pagel's books. Yeah. Maybe not even get into Mary just because it's not complete. It Mm. would need some context. Um, But Thomas is a great um, first step for people. And if you have heard, you know, the same sermons for, you know, every year, yeah, and are just so tired of it, mm-hmm. and you know, 
or, or say you're like, you know, I'm open to LGBT getting married or being pastors, or mm-hmm. uh, I wish their women had more uh, of a leadership role. I mean, in my denomination, they do. Um, and I wish that kind of people would talk about, I wish the Bible would talk about depression, anxiety, and some of the things I actually suffer from rather than like being healed of blindness. I like open up this book and throw, here's what you'd have to do. You would have to do this. You have to throw away what you think, like you don't know what Gnosticism is. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm positive because I didn't know. And that I, I was a little shocked by that, that yeah. I thought I knew something. And you, it, it'll, it will come alive. Like when Jesus speaks, he says, my, my sheep know my voice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would start. Elaine Pagels is, is a little, can be a little heavy too. Mm. Um, but the Gnostic Bible, like we were saying, it's just the sayings. Yeah. So you, you, you treat one, there's 118, I think. Mm. Treat one or two like a devotion for a couple of days, for 30 mm. days. And don't read anything else. Just mm. ponder that. And it is transformative. It really is. So yeah. try it and you will see. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, that's where Libby Schrader uh, recommended for me to start was with the Gospel of Thomas, um, because she said it's you're going to see a lot of stuff in there that you're already familiar with from you know the Gospels, the four Gospels, and yeah, um, like she said, same thing you said is kind of like meditate on a few of the the sayings a day. But to your point, um, Elaine Pagels, I have the book in front of me. She wrote Beyond Belief, uh, the Secret Gospel of Thomas. Um, yeah, and that's. That's an accessible book. It yeah. is. She, I mean, she's going to criticize John. Mm. And that if you're not used to criticizing the Bible, mm. um, I mean, just read Leviticus and you'll probably be fine after right. you're like, oh, this, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to criticize the Bible. Right. And then you can take some comfort that the Bible was written by people. Yeah. And so was Thomas. Yeah, that's right. Good stuff, man. Well, hey, we are just about out of time, but this has been uh, a lot of fun. It was good to reconnect with you um, in yeah. this on this venue, I should say. And uh, I look forward Thank you to for having me. Yeah. yeah, I look forward to doing this again. And before you go, uh, where can people find you online to connect with you and some of your sermons and things like that? Um, so because of you, <laughs> I updated my website. Nice. Uh, SeanGuerin.com. It's yep. uh, S-H-A-W-N-G-A-R-A-N.com. You can find everything there. It all links to our YouTube channel. Awesome. Well, I'll put all the links in the show notes and uh, I will talk to you, you soon. I'm sure I'll be texting yep. you more questions. <laughs> Love it. Thank all right, you, man. Man. you got it, bud. Later. Bye. Wish I on a pot on some gold with the rainbow by the time Clancy. Uh, wishing I had no debt. Maybe then I can't flex. Go and hit a run, I'm a check. Wish I had no other sand, most beating on my chest. Wishing for my people. Uh, wish I had more better leaders. Have enough to make our own land. Name my own beach and we bring our own sand. Where we live is so bland. So much for high on demand. Tiptoe around through and high lows. Feel like James Brown, love we go ahead and dance. Let me talk. At the end of the day, we know who's at a fault. We got our hands up, ready for a box. Undisputed, got the own lock. Champion, going ahead, call the ambulance. So we said our own ambience. Dub TTG, train to go. Let's talk, no rambling. Wishing I had something foreign. Wishing I had something foreign. Knowing that I can afford it. Knowing that I can afford it. It's real love, it's real love. But I just ignore it. It's all love, it's all love. But I just ignore it. Wishing I had something foreign. Wishing I had something foreign. Knowing that I can afford it. Knowing that I can afford it. It's real love, it's real love. But I just ignore it. It's all love, it's all love. But I just ignore it. Wish I had red bottles on my feet. Everything falls on me. Then I start clicking my heels to the ride. Did this beat neat? Everyone to follow my speed. Let's close those motifs. Hey. Carry a lot of rows on freeze. Hey. Wishing I could fly to the keys. Hey. That will be more free. Hey. Something in my mind hit the dough. Put on my fresh fit. Uh. Toast Sir Charles, let's go. We about to go and get it. Uh. Let me talk. At the end of the day, we know who's at a fault. We got our hands up, ready for a box. Undisputed, got the own lot. Champions.
Wishing I had something foreign, wishing I had something foreign. Knowing that I can afford it, knowing that I can afford it. It's real love, it's real love, but I just ignore it. It's all love, it's all love, but I just ignore it. Wishing I had something foreign, wishing I had something foreign. Knowing that I can afford it, knowing that I can afford it. It's real love, it's real love, but I just ignore it. It's all love, it's all love.